we stand today. The Business Method the business with method. a shout out. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Welcome back to the show, listeners. We are glad you joined us. Today, we are featuring a young entrepreneur that has an incredible amount of success starting, launching, promoting, and building her business with her three best friends from a startup in her apartment to a $3.2 million company in less than three years. Chelsea Moore is the co-founder of BoxFox, a high-quality gifting company. BoxFox is now a team of 13 women, all in their 20s, and they have one team mascot, Eleanor, their dog. Two things that stand out for me with this company. One is obviously the growth. BoxFox has a record-setting growth in their sales in just three short years. We chat today about how Chelsea and her partners made this happen. The other is company culture. BoxFox focuses on creating a holistic culture where friendships are valued first over the business. It is incredible and inspirational to see. And Without further ado, Chelsea Moore. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Chelsea Moore, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. And I hear you're calling in from lovely Los Angeles. Is that right? Yes, I am. Great. Are you originally from LA? Yeah, I'm actually from Whittier, which is a suburb of uh, LA County. Uh-huh. So I'm close enough. I was, I was, you know, about 25, 30 miles out from the hustle and bustle, but then I uh, went to UCLA. Um, and I've been on the west side since. What do you love about L.A. in the area? What do I love about L.A.? Yeah. Um, I am a proud Angelino. I, I love the weather. I love the people. I love the history. I, um, I'm a big believer in, like, we live in El Segundo now. That's where our warehouse is, which is kind of off the beaten path. People aren't, like, obsessed with it like they are with, West Hollywood or Venice, but I like kind of coming from Whittier, which is kind of a little forgotten suburb out on the east side of Los Angeles. I I, I kind of like the little underbelly parts of, of LA that people don't really know about. Um, and I just, I just love it here. I don't know. Do you have a couple of head? I never gym? was. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was like, everybody after college was like, I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to move. I was like, no, I'm going to plant here. And create an empire, and then I'll travel the world. But I'm gonna live here. 
Do you have a, a couple of hidden gems about LA? Because a lot of our listeners are um, world traveling, location independent entrepreneurs, and I know they're going through Southern California for you know some conferences because they have some great tech conferences there. I'm wondering if there's any uh, hidden gems about the area that you might share with the listeners. Oh, giving tour guide tour guided emails to friends and friends of friends is one of my favorite pastimes about LA, but. I love getting El Tarasco's burritos in Manhattan Beach, right on Rosecrans. Um, I love, oh my gosh, there's so many now. I'm going to like stumble over my words. <laughs> um, we started Box Box in Venice. So I have gone to every single restaurant in Venice and Marine Del Rey. And I love Scopa. South End is a really great hidden gem. It's a small hole in the wall Sicilian pizza and wine place um, at the end of Abbott Kinney that nobody knows about because it's in a strip mall. Um, so that is probably like my favorite recommendation. I mean, Jelena, who doesn't love Jelena? Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I love Mexican food. So I can go to any Mexican restaurant in, in Los Angeles. But. You know, like I've, I've been traveling the world for seven years. And, um, one thing I really miss about America is the Mexican food. Because nowhere does it, nowhere in the world does Mexican food, besides Mexico, of course, better than America. We do it really well, I think. And um, I think we have some great Mexican there that's uh, underrated, but it's it's great. It's it's fabulous, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to keep going on. No, there's there's one more I just thought of. That's awesome. There's a place right under the 405 where 405 in Washington Boulevard called Tito's Tacos. And it's like, I think it's cash only and it's just amazing. And it has the funniest jingle commercial that comes on sometimes. And that's definitely a must go to. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks for the tips. Let's, let's dive into the meat of the show. We want to learn you, uh, and about your entrepreneurial career. And I was reading your bio and it's really impressive what you and your team has created in the past three and a half years. You guys have, I think, hit something that, that has really, um, hit a, it's a home run for sure. And I'm just curious, like, uh, let's talk about your background. I'm curious if, if you have an entrepreneurial family and a background, or if this is something new, uh, that you're going through and, uh, kind of how your mindset was around entrepreneurship growing up, evolving into who you are today. That's a really great question. I feel like as a kid, when I was a kid, I was born in 91. So like entrepreneur wasn't really a phrase that was super spoken about, at least around my upbringing, you know, the way it is now, now people like want to be entrepreneurs and want to be independent business owners and, and whatnot. But that wasn't something I was super conscious of. And now that I'm older and we're doing this, I do reflect back and I see signs uh, exhibited in kind of the pursuits of my childhood and early adolescence that kind of definitely point to where I am now. It it kind of flows and makes sense. Like I love to set up storefronts on my lawn and try and like sell sandwiches to like neighbors to like come up with business ideas. And and my co-founder Jenny and I actually in college never thought or spoke a word about box talks in the four years we were in college together but we definitely had thrown around other business ideas and, and, you know, retail pursuits. We're always really obsessed with kind of more retail specific type of businesses. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily, I want to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to be like an architect and a teacher and a lawyer and a lot of different things. But, um, I, I think that the like root skills and interests were there. Like I was really hardworking. I liked rolling up my sleeves. I, when I turned 16, I got like four jobs because I just was like, well, now I can make money. I have to make money and I have to diversify the way that I make that money. And I'm going to work at the grocery store and I'm going to babysit and I'm going to tutor and I'm going to do <laughs> things. Um, so, you know, that, that all that stuff was kind of there. And then the idea for Box Box came the six months out of school um, after we had graduated college. Um, and we just kind of took all those elements and, and went from there. Where'd you guys go to school at? Um, Jenny and I went to UCLA and our co-founder Sabina went to USC. Gotcha. And, and are you guys three best friends from childhood or from college or where did that, those relationships start? Um, Jenny and I met freshman year at UCLA. We uh, were in the same pledge class in Kappa Kappa Gamma and we just gravitated towards each other because we both like to work hard. We took leadership roles in the house early on. We studied abroad together we've been roommates since we were like 19 um and so that's where that friendship came from and I am someone who really likes to blend all my friends my high school friends and my college friends and my work friends are all very good friends now because of me maybe because it's convenient to me is why I do that but like it all works out um but my I met Sabina uh, my first week at Ogilvy and Mather the week after I graduated from UCLA she was assigned to be my big buddy and take me to lunch um, and we totally just hit it off. And so that's kind of how we all met each other. Tell us about the birth of, of Box Fox. Love to hear the story. Yeah. So we were working. It was probably late 2013. And I was really overwhelmed by the disbanding of my community. I mean, a lot of my friends are really type A and moved all over the country and world and like Hong Kong and med school and law school. And it was just like very jarring for me. Um, and then a good friend of ours was hospitalized uh, in LA and there was really no way for me to A, get to her be- during visiting hours because I was working and couldn't leave and or B, drive around and kind of put something together for her and take the time to like go to the post office. And there wasn't really Postmates or Amazon Prime the way it is now and there isn't, you know, and I didn't want to send her flowers. So I was just kind of really stressed out about how to be there for someone when you couldn't physically be there for someone. Like, how do you be there for them in a meaningful way? Um, and that is kind of what sparked the idea of Build a Box Box, which is our proprietary platform at the root of all of Box Box. And so that's kind of what sparked it all. And immediately told Jenny and immediately told Sabina. And then we started working on it Mondays and Wednesday nights um, that January. And by November, our site was up and running. Wow. And that was uh, 2014 or 2013? That was 2014. Okay, gotcha. And you guys, from the bio that I read, you guys turned a $6,000 investment into $3.2 million business in less than three years. Very impressive. Um, I, I'd like to know or just hear the story of those early days, those first three to six months when you guys decided to take six grand and um, throw it into this idea for the business. Were you working other jobs at the same time? Um, I was, so that I can give you all three timelines. Okay. I quit 
my advertising job that June, mainly more so because I hated it than because of Fox Fox. Um, I was really miserable and I was like, I was also, like I said before, kind of working. I had a bunch of other jobs that I was doing and ways to support myself. I was a contractor for Brandy Melville, this clothing company, and I would host their sample sales and help manage their event schedules, a lot of like remote work for them. Mm -hmm. So um, I quit my job in June and I was full-time on the business since June 2014. Um, and then I was kind of alone during the day. Jenny and Svina would come home at night and we would work pretty much every night. Um, Jenny quit her job probably, it was February 2016, is when we felt confident enough for her to kind of leave full-time. And then Sabina about six months after that, so in 2016. What was it like during those early days? You guys were coming up with different ideas, uh, you know, building a website, obviously, um, getting the investment. How long did it take to, to start getting traffic and to start to, to get things going? We, so we launched on November 7th, 2014. And I remember we stayed up all night and we all drafted probably like 400 personal emails each to people we had met in our lives, professors, childhood friends, friends of our parents, etc., And just kind of started with bang, like this is, guess what? This is what we're working on. Pay attention. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so from there, like, I mean, we had a solid amount of like, you know, couple orders a day. We were starting to get traction and then. We were all the we had started with just pre-packed boxes because we wanted to get a revenue stream and branding going. Mm -hmm. But building socks was being built and actually wasn't launched until that next June. Um, and so we just kind of, you know, conviction and momentum just kept going, kept talking about ourselves, kept telling everyone we met about it, kept you know fulfilling orders and going after corporate clients and posting on Instagram and doing all that stuff in the beginning. And then in June when we launched Build a Box Box, that's when. Ever since then, a solid growth of orders had been coming in on a daily basis. Let's see. Okay, so the idea to, to build a box is what made it take off, you think. Was that the, the thing, the the magic bean that made the, the business grow? Yeah, definitely. I mean, people, there's two types of shoppers for us. You know, there are the people that trust our expertly pre-curated gifts and, and they buy them and they don't want to get their hands dirty and, and build their own. They just trust us and, and send it. But, you know, a lot of people love the customized option because you're in charge of price, aesthetic, you know, size, reason, brands that are included. Um, and so we always knew that that was going to be what made this a magical thing. Um, and so it's been nonstop since we launched that. I can tell your branding is very like on point, but also high quality at the same time. Are you in charge of branding or do you guys all work on that together? Uh, I mean, we all contribute. That's definitely under my vertical, kind of the aesthetics and the creative direction and the marketing is kind of my my thing. Um, but we've all contributed for sure. You know, what are some of your values around branding? What are what are the aspects of it that you consistently want to implement into the business? We really strive I mean, when we started this, I was working at, you know, ad agencies with big budgets and big brands, but I had worked at Brandy Melville, which was really grassroots in its marketing. So I saw kind of both sides of the spectrum of what people were doing. And to me, you lose when you grow to be this big company and there's so much white noise. And so from the beginning, the authentic touch and like the hands-on feeling 
um, was something that we didn't want to lose. We wanted to scale no matter how many orders we were fulfilling a day. And so, you know, the, the attention to detail, the impeccability of like how things are packed, our customer service is never going to be outsourced. It's a team on the inside that truly cares. I mean, these are people's relationships that we're dealing with. These gifts represent both personal and professional relationships. And like, that's not lost on us at all. So it's just, it's really the human, the human touch is like at the root of everything we do. I like that. Now you guys have, how many people do you have on your team now? About 10? 13. 13, okay. And, and I was checking out your website and I think this is really cool. Um, it seems like everybody on your team are, are women. Is that correct? That is true. Do you guys, well, first I have to ask, do you guys do that on purpose? No, we actually had a friend of ours who was contracting for us who was a man for uh-huh. a while. But we just, I mean, it, it just kind of worked out that way. It's nice for now. <laughs> if so it I'm works. Thinking, if it's my not, dad always says me when we're going to hire a man, and I'm like, I mean, when a good one applies for the position. <laughs> Say, we're still waiting for one, Dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what's it like running a team of 13 women and I'm sure everybody is just amazing at what they do but is is there any challenges that that you guys might face you know as opposed to maybe having a um, a team of both men and women you know no it's pretty like professional and good even though a lot of us are friends too mm-hmm. I think the the bigger balance issue is that we are a lot of us are friends first or friends outside of the workplace. So it's balancing those personal and professional lines. But to us, I mean, it raises a lot of great questions. We're all still pretty young. So none of us have had kids yet. But it's something that I think about, you know, like the balance of women in the workplace and investing in family time versus work time and how that's going to work, you know, 10 years from now for us. And um, I guess what I'm trying to say is when we, when I was in high school and college, I was always told that the world was extremely professional. And, but then you go into the working world and the adults weren't actually not as professional as you were told they were going to be. And so we here strive to kind of create like the workplace that we always dreamed of. And so it's pretty great. I don't know. We, we give people the time off. We have unlimited vacation. We invest in our employees. We let people try different things in different departments. I like how you, you mentioned that because I remember being a, a student and and then going into the work world and we were taught also, you know, you have to be very professional and everything needs to be right in order to have this perfect interview to get this job and that sort of thing. And then you go into the world and you realize, oh, wow, the, these adults are really just humans. They're just a yeah. little bit older, right? But it, it's almost like the way that they teach that is it, it, I think it holds a lot of young men and women back from their full creativity or their full expression of themselves because they think they have to act in a certain way in order to get this type of job. And I know there's jobs and corporations and companies out there that are very in the box, you know, strategic like that. But I, but you see companies like Google and Facebook and and. Uh, you know, in your company and everything that are just kind of blowing that idea out of the water that, yeah, you can come to work in your flip flops and a t-shirt. And as long as you're doing something awesome, you know? Yeah. 
It's it's so interesting. Like our work culture is something that I really think about and 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 I'm obsessed with and it it is interesting. Like I don't care if my fulfillment team comes in yoga pants and Nike's every day, you know, as long as they're working hard and they're there for each other and everyone's kind to each other and kind to the customers and you know, it's the standards are really out the window. It's yeah. just like be a good human and, and work hard. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that you've hired some some close friends and sometimes there's challenges with uh, being the boss and uh, being a friend at the same time. I've done the same thing. Um, how or what are some ways that you handle and maybe if you even have a specific situation that you could share, um, handle those those experiences when they come across as, uh, you know, being a boss and a friend at the same time? That is a wonderful question. And I love talking about this because people always told us do not hire friends. Right. But I think that business is personal. And like for me and my co-founders, we're creating a family business that we want to grow and have for a long time. You know, we're all very close with our families and our parents. And, you know, my co-founder, Sabina's younger sister works here. All my siblings have interned here, you know. Um, But that being said, at least for like Jenny, Sabina and me, we have such a level of trust that that between the three of us, we can say the harsh things, we can say the kind things and we know it all comes from a place of what's best for the business. Um, but we're also really good at like, you know, we're in our twenties, you know, if we go through breakups, we have family members get sick. We have serious things outside of the workplace. So we just know when to, like, hey, why don't you take a couple days off? Or like, you know, we're just, it's its a good thing in my opinion because you've got this holistic view of, of a human being where it's like, I know where you come from. I know you have a great family. I know your intentions are positive. I can trust you. Um, but I think you just have to be able to have the hard conversations when they need to be had. And I think before we hired every friend, you know, I said like, the, in in we're friends, but we also work together, and the business has to come first at work, and just get that on on out in the open before anything ever happens. So when I have those hard conversations in my life, like I do a little mental prep and you know maybe a little a visualization. Um, I'm curious if there's any type of mental prep or even emotional prep that you prepare uh, before you go into those hard conversations. I think when it comes to the three co-founders, it's different because we're all kind of on a level playing field. So we can kind of be a little bit more raw as long as we're thoughtful um, in, in what we're saying. But with employees, I definitely feel a responsibility for their livelihood on top of it all. So I definitely do prepare emotionally and come in with organized thoughts and, and solutions and, and things like that. That's great. So thoughtfully raw right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you guys, you know, have had incredible growth and I'm going to ask you about some of the strategies that you use to grow the business, but I'm, I'm curious, has there any been, been any challenges for you guys going from, you know, uh, pretty much nothing to $3.2 million really rapidly, less than three years, any financial challenges, any money management challenges, any, um, challenges and you know investing in this part of the business or this part of the business or paying salaries or that sort of thing um for us 
I mean, no, to, to, in a word, but we, we definitely, we're all three founders at least. I mean, we were all very dorky, very academic, like AP kids, student government kids. So we were very much like, all right, I guess we have to figure out how to do finances now, like three years ago. Um, and so it's been pretty good. I mean, some tips and tricks, at least for us, is like be lean and be obsessed with being lean. I mean, we're a self-funded startup. And so we've we've had growing pains, but in the sense of like, oh, we don't fit into our apartment anymore. We need to find a warehouse and figure out how commercial real estate works. And oh, you know, we're outgrowing the second warehouse. We need to figure it out. Or I mean, the biggest fork in the road for me was when we were deciding whether or not to get a publicist or to hire our first salesperson. Because we probably shouldn't have done it at the same time, but we kind of wanted to, and mm-hmm. and we taking the risk and it worked out. Um, but you know, we've come to to situations like that. Um, but I mean, my co-founder Jenny has become our CFO essentially, and and she's doing an amazing job. I'd like to ask you guys about your your strategy getting into the media, and I was thoroughly impressed on some of the um, media channels that you guys have been featured in, uh, just to name a few, Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, TechCrunch, Vogue, GQ, People, HuffPost, Cosmopolitan, Glamour, and Style, which are all big, 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 big names. Um, how did you guys manage that? We, in the beginning, I think, you know, going back to being scrappy and um, hungry, we emailed a lot of friends of friends <laughs> in the beginning. Um, so, you know, we got a couple of hits off of that, you know, in my domain um, and TechCrunch. That was, you know, out of our own kind of listen to me and my idea type of outreach. Um, and then beyond that, we we decided to get a publicist. But, you know, we work with a publicist who... It's a small um, agency, which we prefer. It's a lot more hands-on. Um, they have a great background and, and a lot of wonderful relationships. And now, you know, they kind of take the lead on that. And we provide them with the tools they need, a comprehensive, you know, backgrounds, bios, photo shoots when they need it. And, and they've been really awesome. Out of all the, the successes you've had in the past three years, three and a half years, what are you most proud of regarding this business? It's kind of, it came at about the same time, but um, when Sabina finally could leave her job um, and the three of us were full-time, just crazy, nonstop, amazing since then. And when, when all, you know, we were able to, yeah, we have 13 people now, we pay them all and it's amazing and it's great. I don't take that for granted. But when the three of us could pay ourselves, that was a really cool moment. And the second side of that was, that's when we also were able to do benefits for all of our employees which just made us feel like grownups in a great way. Um, Congratulations. Those, I mean, it's those things like that. I get excited about everything, but that just makes, that was so legitimizing to me on a personal level. Cause you know, I was the one alone in the apartment for the first year. So when things started to take off in that way, it was just, it was so meaningful to me. So you guys, you really literally started out of your apartment, right? Yeah. My apartment in Venice, um, I lived with two other friends that aren't a part of the business and Jenny lived next door and Sabina lived in Brentwood. And so we would meet in my apartment we took over kind of the back half of the living room. And then when it got to the point where the other roommates were starting to get annoyed, I was like, I don't want to ruin these friendships. Jenny and I were like, we need to find another apartment. And then we moved 
to El Segundo, which is a great little secret. I love it. And uh, we were able to get a three-bedroom apartment with one bedroom for box socks. And it actually had a two-car garage, so it was, like, perfect. And then a few months later, I was like, I think we need to move our inventory-based business out of our apartment because we're going insane and we can afford it. And nobody... Nobody should ever have to do that for that long. An inventory backed business in an apartment is psychotic. Like the pictures I have, the way we were living, Jenny is an organizational mastermind and the cleanest person I know. And it was still psycho. Like our first, <laughs> our first two Christmases were out of our apartment. And one of our longstanding clients knows that corporate clients, because they came to our Elskando apartment to pick up their Christmas gifts and never forget it. And they still support us to this day. And they think it's amazing that we're like in an apart in a warehouse now, but yeah, it was crazy. Um, but then we moved to a smaller part, uh, warehouse in El Segundo, and then we moved a couple months later into where we are now. I think you mentioned that you live really close to your warehouse. Is that right? Yeah, I live about six blocks away with Jenny and another employee, uh, Grace, and a dog <laughs> named Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her. I saw the dog on your team. On the website. <laughs> on the web team website, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're, we definitely, I mean, being from LA, I, I'm very appreciative of this blip in my life where I have no commute, but it's definitely not lost on me that it's not going to be forever. Not only are you running this amazing business, but also um, you're doing a bit of traveling and working while you're traveling, right? Yeah, I, I try to travel a bit. Um, I just got back from Australia. I was there for three weeks. You know, a lot of our listeners are traveling and building businesses where they can travel at the same time. What are some tips and tricks that you used for, uh, while you were traveling and while you're away to keep business going on as normal? I think the fact that I have co-founders, I mean, we enable each other to kind of do that. It's important for your, your mental fitness to be able to get away. And so I'm grateful to them. Definitely. Um, I think for me, there's a difference between traveling and being available and then traveling and not being available. Like I in Australia was like still fully on and available, but I went to Costa Rica for New Year's and I, I shut down for four days because everybody deserves that. Um, but, you know, I it, it's being aware and being involved in your business. There's no excuses, especially if you're a small business like I mean, my dad kind of makes fun of me. He thinks millennials travel too much. Um, and he's like, oh, it's been six months. You need to go to Europe. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, but like, but he's like, but actually I'm jealous that your generation has figured out how to kind of do that. Yeah, for sure. When you were in Australia and working at the same time, what were your days like? Um, I'm trying to remember the time difference. So you're a day ahead there. Yeah. So LA, I was in like four different places in Australia. So the time kept changing, but on the average, you're about six hours ahead of LA tomorrow. So, <laughs> which can be confusing in itself, right? So basically, you were you're awake at almost the same time as the day. So I went, by the time I woke up, my my team had already kind of had four or five hours under their belt. So I would touch base with my marketing associate Sonica and kind of do a couple hours on the computer. And then have a little, you know, live my day and then come back at night when my team would be asleep in LA and kind of have some more quiet work time. So you traveled throughout different cities in Australia while while working a few hours throughout the day and then having some fun too? Yeah, I, I, I road tripped and, and got to see a lot. Um, 
I definitely took a couple of days off, but just always being available and aware and, and having my calendar synced and knowing what's going on at home. What's, what's, what's next for you and your co-founders and say the next five years of the business? Um, we're kind of in a holding pattern while a bunch of stuff gets finalized, but you know, we've got a really comprehensive, amazing loyalty program coming out at the end of summer, which we're really excited about. Um, we've got some corporate gifting, um, platforms that we're working on um, along the lines of build a box box but a little bit more comprehensive and password protected for you know our corporate clients to have a tool at their disposal um, we're definitely working on manufacturing um, yeah a lot of different things a lot of different stuff going on there's quite a few of our listeners that are, you know, either at the five-figure level trying to get to the six-figure level or six-figure level trying to get to the seven-figure level in that hustle, in that building stage. Do you have any two or three must-dos that you would recommend to those people that are listening? Um, that's a good question. Um, for us, what's worked, I mean, is keep your overhead low. I mean, be lean. Be obsessed with being lean. We are we have been obsessed with being lean since the beginning and now it carries through to how we operate now that we have a little bit more cash flow you know and you just don't have to be extravagant and in excess i just don't believe in that so that's really helped us um thinking about where your company is based i mean la for us made geographical and financial sense it's a city that has the opportunity for manufacturing and importing and exporting and there's a little bit more space and you can find cheaper warehouses and office space if you're creative um so that's been important to us and i mean something that i tell a lot of people who ask me for advice that are kind of starting their own things is is what you're doing contributing to society what are you doing to set yourself apart from what already exists out there? Are you making a meaningful product and creating a meaningful company? And before you start, know your market, do your research. How much research did you guys do before you started the business? We did a fair amount. I mean, Sabina's background is in strategy and research in the agency world. And so we, you know, we were going around different colleges and, and talking to different family members, people at all age groups to kind of understand the psychology of gifting um and i mean we i i I felt i knew in my soul that this was something that was going to work like to build a box 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 part of it because you know so many people in my life do that where they drive around and they put together gifts and care packages and they send them to their kids or they send them to their friends who just got engaged and so what we created enabled you to do it do it within five minutes in one place from with all the best brands and it looks good so i knew that part was Work. It was really just kind of getting to the bottom of like what you buy for people and why um, and going from there. Amazing. Chelsea, I think we're going to wrap up there, but I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing all your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. Uh, if the listeners want to reach out to you where's, or, and learn more about what you guys have going on, where's the best place they can do that? Um, they can find us at www.shopboxbox.com or our Instagram at shopboxbox. Excellent. And we'll put the links in the show notes. Uh, Chelsea, one more time, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And listeners, thank you guys for tuning in once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. 
Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.